Welcome to Fem Lead, the podcast on female leadership and role models. This show aims to inspire and equip you with the tools you need to navigate your career plans. Fem Lead brings inspiring career perspectives and strategies to guide your path to success. Your host, Alexandra, will interview role models on new exciting topics with each episode. If you like what you hear, give us a review and subscribe to the show on your preferred streaming platform. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Family Podcast. We hope you've all enjoyed the summer break and took some time to relax and reflect. We wanted to make a short note and thank you for the support shared in the last months. In May, we hosted our first in-person event in Denmark, and we know some of you listening joined us. Thank you so much. We encourage you to sign up to our newsletter, where you will receive career tips and news on our upcoming events. Yes, there will be more. Until then, we hope you enjoy the latest interview with Olympia Mesha. A very exciting subject today. We are interviewing a leading expert and consultant on brain-based learning design. She is the president of Instructional Design, a company behind hundreds of successful corporate and educational programs, both online and in person, delivered in a variety of different languages. In addition to consulting with Fortune 500 organization on learning projects, she is also the founder of book to courses online school, whose main goal is to consult authors on how to transform a non-fictional book into online academies or apps. She is also the author of How People Learn Book, and today we will discuss about the instructional design and how do people learn. Today we welcome Olympia Mesha to Family Podcast. It's really a, a fun and engaging uh, interview that we are planning to do. So without further ado, let's say hello to Olympia. Olympia, it's really, really a pleasure to have you here today. Welcome to Family Podcast. How are you today? Hello, Alexander. It's beautiful. Uh, it's a beautiful morning in here. Uh, I'm in the mountains in Romania. And we have a sunny day, which does not happen every day. So I'm great. It means you started your day quite well. I was just uh, I was just saying that we hear each other quite early in the morning, and that uh, that's really it's not necessarily normal for me. So uh, I'm very excited to be starting the day with uh, with this interview. I hope you're excited. I'm super excited to tell the world more about you and uh, and have this interview. Should we deep dive? Yes, let's do that. Perfect. So tell us, Olympia, what does it mean to work with learning design systems? You are an instructional designer. What does it actually mean? Well, usually when we hire instructional designers, we'll let them uh, call themselves like that. But in time, in term of a year, probably, we uh, try to work with them in a such a way that they Uh, talk about themselves as learning designers because there is a difference when we say instructional designer uh, it's a word or let's say a phrase that um, started probably uh, during world war ii when um, different people from different uh, domains like psychology cognitive psychology Uh, came together to design the instructions of how the militaries will be trained in the United States. So when they land in uh, uh, to in Europe, they do not die immediately. I, I know this sounds like a joke. Now I'm not joking at all. So this is a, a serious matter. And for them to be well trained, so that in a few seconds they can do the best they can 
the training was very important. So I think this is in a like in two phrases the history of what instructional design means. It means designing training for people in, in such an effective way. Uh, like let's think about driving. You probably have a driving lessons, or if not, maybe you can drive a bike. So to be able to do that, you need to have specific skills. And to have those specific skills, you need somebody to uh, tell you or to help you learn them, especially for a driving license. So uh, this is how we think of instructional design. And then in time, through learning how people actually learn, because we are not machines, uh, and it's not all about skills, it's also about motivation. So why would you have a driving license, for example? Why, why would you do that? Why would you go through this struggle? So going deeper into understanding how people actually motivate themselves to become different people, to become, uh, to have different uh, abilities and maybe skills or uh, habits, because sometimes it's so hard to change a habit and become a different person. So uh, going deeper, we understand that it's not about designing instructions for people to learn new things. It's also about understanding how learning happens within us. And this being my passion, I think the entire company now is focused on um, growing learning designers, not instructional designers, because we go deeper than this. It means when we design learning, we think long-term and we look also back into um, observing carefully what would motivate people to jump into new learning because it's not easy. I, I didn't know half of what you just explained and I'm super happy that we're <laughs> discussing this subject because uh, during my uh, during my, uh, my my role, I also work with um, instructional design and, and learning design, and I didn't know about the difference and what exactly it means to uh, to look at learning as you know a, a learning and development path that is super important for most companies. So I'm super happy that we covered that. And my follow up question is um, maybe a bit related to you. How did you get into this uh, this topic? Well, I think at the beginning I started as people usually do in a corporate environment, I mean, in this area of learning and development in the corporate company, it was many years ago in Hewlett Packard, uh, HB, if you remember this uh, brand, it was a huge opportunity for me because I was very young, 22 years old only. And uh, in time, I realized doing trainings there and uh, taking care of people in terms of their development, but also I had a part where I was taking care of financial reports and stuff like that and two totally different things. So I realized which one is better for me. And one day, even one of my mentors uh, looked me in the eyes and said to me, I think this is something for you. So you should maybe think about it carefully. And I gave up the job. I said, okay, I'm leaving without having anything else on the map. And I left into a training, uh, learning and development company, and I became a training trainer and consultant. And, and then uh, after getting pregnant and having my son and moving into the mountains so that I can raise him here uh, with a better, let's say, lifestyle and, uh, you know, where uh, well-being of a child would be better, we decided to move here. 
uh, I realized I, can, I do, cannot do my consulting business from here. So um, I had to do something else because traveling a lot and uh, facilitating trainings was not an, was not an option. And uh, yeah, and then this very heavy, not so happy part comes where you can imagine a breastfeeding uh, mother <laughs> or woman uh, crying because of the hormones overload and thinking about what am I going to do? Uh, and uh, through these tears and everything, I, go- I was Googling, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I'm in this city. Oh, And I found this word combination, instructional design. And uh, this is how everything started. So that's when I created the company. Wow. That's really impressive. Congratulations to you for having... Um maybe even tenacity to even though you saw it's a, or you you felt it was a difficult um, situation to be in especially without knowing much about the specific subject matter expertise that you are now focusing on um you really took a, a step forward and said there needs to be something and i'm going to find it and i'm going to do it and that that's really that's really amazing I agree with you so i still congratulate myself so I, even when i i tell the story it's like you know I'm making it beautiful but it was hard so was imagine hard, yeah. this imagine this tears with your face totally uh it changed like when children cry so mm. uh, I'm not hiding that anymore because I know women go through that and we have this kind of decision that we need to make in our lives of course I'm happy about uh deciding to having a child or moving and uh, making this decision for his sake but at the same time uh, we need to carefully think or maybe sit and uh, think what is well-being for us as mothers because everything we bring uh, into the house into the home place uh, when holding the child is also about their development you know Mm -hmm. and there there is no need to have huge sacrifices we can we can do something so that everyone is okay definitely it's um the mindset of a win-win situation that um sometimes we don't see yeah. it as possible but it is it is, it it is. is. <laughs> yeah definitely okay perfect let's go into the um into the uh, subject matter you are an expert that focuses on how people learn. This is also what it says on your website. This is also something that you share online. Tell us more about that. What does it mean to focus on how people learn? Well, at the beginning, I was uh, trained by people on how to facilitate learning, how to consult, and how to help corporate experts develop, uh, or specialists, not only experts. Uh, But what I've What I've discovered in time is that when we lack the motivation or the the core of why would I change? So we know thousands and millions actually of people go into training rooms every day in companies, right? If we look worldwide, every day somewhere, if this is morning in other parts in the world, definitely there is a training going on. And this is the starting where people present themselves and they think about, they talk about expectations. Yeah, you know, probably those uh, listening to us now know what I'm talking about. So imagine this tens of thousands of training rooms. At the same time, my question was, if this is not so effective because after two, three days of training, 
for leadership, coaching, sales, whatever, I couldn't see real change in those people's lives, me as a facilitator, and I was disappointed. And I asked myself, why does that happen? Managers were asking us, why does that happen? And I needed to go deeper and I needed to go deeper to understand what actually learning is. That's how I went deeper and I stayed there. And now I'm trying to explain this to others around me. So what happens is that learning does not happen in three days. Imagine I'm asking you now to come to this driving license course of three days you jump with me on this super training like crash driving license training for three days and you're done and I'm giving you a diploma or a certificate and you go out onto to the streets I wouldn't want to meet you as a driver after three days I'm sorry, Alexander, for saying that. So, you know what I mean? And, and we do that. We do for leadership courses and we imagine people will become great leaders in three days, sales courses, negotiating, coaching, and etc. So, but it's not, it's not happening. So what we are doing now, we're building learning programs because learning happens in time. The brain needs time for that. Our bodies need time to build new learning, to get rid, to unlearn everything that we do not want anymore. It takes time for that too. And learning is biochemical. Actually, when you learn something new, neural pathways happen, uh, grow in between neurons. And for that, you need to sleep because that happens only during the night. And so for every new thing, you need to uh, train, repeat, practice, go into sleep create uh, neural pathways and etc. So it takes time. So how do you, uh, knowing all of that, the neuroscience of learning, how do you actually do learning and create programs in the corporate or non-corporate world in a different way? That was my question. And this is what we are fascinated about. That's really fascinating for me and I think for everybody listening. When we talk about learning and um, trainings, in companies, or even, you know, you said the three-day course that uh, I am also a person that did some of those, and I was very proud of myself. Um, Obviously, you are right. It's not something that you can, um, you cannot say that you have learned the skill in three days. You can only say that now you know what the skill is about and that you will start practicing. So then my question is, um, when it comes to learning and expectations about learning, what should people know? Like, let's say that I go to a course and it, it's one weekend or one, uh, uh, one expanded weekend, one week. And then I make a check with me within three months. And I still feel that based on what the course told me, I have not learned the skill. Is there like a timeline or is there something we can tell people about how learning works because I feel a lot of people will be curious to know what does it actually happen after you get this information about a new skill for example well magic actually happens Uh, well not in terms of getting the skills or having the skill but magic happens in learning environments so the first thing what you did and what we do the first thing is there is the right thing to do is expose yourself, like jump into new things, jump into buying that new book that you were fascinated just looking at the cover, 
because if if you have seen something that triggered, like in the airport, you've you've been triggered by the cover, by the question on the cover, by the name of the book, it means there is something within you that wants to grow. Buy the book, read the book. Of course, you might read seven books on how to get a six pack, like get fit and never become that. But that's the beginning. There is some magic in that. Same with the training course. You go into this training for three days. Definitely you have three, four to six aha moments, which will trigger your motivation and you'll want to be a different person. You'll have a big, uh, a bigger and bolder and clear vision of what you want to become maybe in three uh, months or maybe one year, right? This is an important part for the for the brain to start learning. And then the difficult part comes where you are not longer next to your master, like the, the training facilitator or the person you are fascinated about. You are alone maybe uh, in the world, and but you still want to become what you've been promised to previously. So what we think um, is like, imagine you're in an airport in, let's speak Amsterdam because it's big, it's a big one. And we are at Terminal 1 together. I'm your master. You're fascinated by me. You just been through this two-day training with me, right, Alexander? Can you imagine? I know you haven't been, but imagine it. But at the end of the training, and we are at Terminal 1, I'm leaving you and I'm telling you, maybe we will meet uh, in, in a, let's say, two months. And I, I say, let's, but in actual, to, to keep the metaphor of the, um, of the airport, I'm saying, let's meet a terminal four in 40 minutes or in 20 minutes. Will you get there by yourself without me in the airport? I hope so. Yeah, I think you'll definitely do. And why <laughs> is that? Just look back, close your eyes and think about why will you do that easily? You will get easily from terminal one to terminal four. What will help you do that? All the uh, theory slash uh, frameworks that I learned in terminal one. Yes. And what you will have the environment, right? Every the yeah. science, everything around you will guide you there because mm-hmm. the best designers in the world before the online world and the UX design uh, appeared were hired in airports. They are magnificent people. They know when you go to the stairs at your height and everything where to put the signs for you to guide you to get in the minimum time possible to the to the destination your gate that you need so as learning designers what we think when we when we build program is how can we get alexandra from from this end of two-day training to her transformation when the master is not with her anymore so why will what would she uh, would she need and exactly like an airport what you need is a timeline with tools to keep you on the path, on the learning path, even if you are not with your master anymore. And what your master could give you is maybe a set of a journal for three months, 90 days or 360 days. And if uh, your master gave you this journal and the master is your maybe accountability partner or your master invited you to have an accountability partner from the group that you were in the training with, 
then the two of you will go through these 360 days and do all the 360 assignments, no matter weekend or not. And then weekly meet with each other and share the progress. Did you do that? No, I didn't. Oh, let's do something. Let's do next. And you motivate each other. That's one thing you can do. So you see the, the airport metaphor goes into how you become better at this. So what we need then uh, is consistently practice. And for that, there are different tools the brain needs to be that. Accountability partners, uh, journaling your progress, maybe an app with reminders and tasks you could do every day. Even if you skip it on Wednesday, it doesn't matter uh, as long as you keep it for six months. One Wednesday won't make the difference. So you skip this one because you had a party, you cannot do it today, so you didn't read your thing or didn't practice. It's okay. There is a six-month period where you can recover and actually build the skills that you needed, you see. So this is what we uh, think as learning paths and what we actually need beyond the training where we had the aha moment. Mm -hmm. I have a very interesting question that just popped now into my head. Um, Are there tricks and ways to learn faster? Well, it depends on the ability, on the skills, abilities that you want to learn. For some mm-hmm. of them, there are tricks. For some of them, it will still take you time to, to go through practice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there, 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 it depends. So if, if it is a soft skill, like maybe you want to be better at, let's say, learning design, what that is. So it will take you some practice, but also there is a lot of reading to do. So because you need to understand, go back to people who already discover things. You don't need to rediscover them. Like, you know, we don't need every in every year a new Leonardo da Vinci. We already have one. So we go there and we see what the master already discovered. So there are books to read. And I asked my learning designers, are you ready to go through that? Like in the first six months, you'll probably need to read 10 books on learning design to just get what previously was discovered and then move into uh, also slowly moving into practice. So it depends on the skill. If it's a very practical one, then it's practicing like for fitness every mm-hmm. day, small bits. If it is about a soft skill, then you need both aha moments, reading, research, and some practice. Like if you want to become a leader, to become a leader, we also think in terms of, are you also a follower? Do you know what it means to be a follower before you are followed by others? Mm-hmm. And we build this path on that. We, we do exercises. Who are you following? Why are you following these people? What uh, being, you know, following a leader means for you. And then you look at yourself and you, as a leader and you say, whom is following you and why do these people come to you for what? What kind of help do you uh, always provide? Uh, what kind of guidance? How many people? Who's your tribe? You know, and um, it depends. It always depends on the, um, it, sometimes it's not only skills, it's competencies. And uh, the difference between competencies and skills is, Competences is a set of behaviors and skills. So once you have like emotional intelligence, people say, oh, emotional intelligence. It's not just, it's two words, but it is a complex competence. For that, you need a set of many, many 
other skills like listening, empathizing, you know, it's asking questions. And once you have them all, you can say you're, uh, you have the competence emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a very good example. And I think you clarified now for many people, what does it mean to look at um, a learning progress and be dissatisfied versus satisfied with the results? Because like you gave the example in the beginning about taking a three day course or let's say a month course. And then within six other months, you're like, um, I don't feel a change or the opposite. I feel like now I really know the skill. So why isn't it working? Why don't I go to a meeting and I know exactly how to organize a a project? Well, because project management is not necessarily something that you put on paper from A to B and it will will immediately um, work like that. It's a competence. So you need to have a couple of skills in order to... And be able to manage that uh, that setup that you're you're put into. So it's super interesting. I'm I'm very happy that we are discussing this. I, I wanna... still remember, by the way, I still remember my project management. My first project management training in Hewlett Packard was like the brilliant one, so well organized, so good. Two days. Hmm. But I I think I've really mastered the skill only after working for probably seven years Mm, (laughs) and doing project management with my team within my own company and being able to to decide which app is best. Maybe I should change this one or with this one, a new one is on the market. Mm, I think I'll choose this one. You see the difference between just what is project and then being able to decide which app is better for your kind of project management. It's it's a huge grow in actually having this competence. Mm-hmm, definitely. Yeah. And a very good example of how long it takes also to master a skill that you believe it's uh, it's important for your development. Um, I want to talk a little bit about subject matter expertise, because something that you do is also helping others build subject matter expertise through uh, learning design. And I wonder how do you think people can build subject matter expertise? How can we build subject matter expertise if we're interested in a specific uh, topic that we want to become experts in? Is there a process or some some steps to building that? Well, even if the name of it is subject matter expertise, it means you're an expert in a subject. You are not actually a master in a subject. The truth is you're masterful in a very practical way. So um, maybe maybe if you are in the academics, yes, you then probably are very good at teaching and also researching and very good at a subject, uh, being uh, quantum physics or any other. But in, in business, in real life, you can be a subject matter expert in, uh, I don't know, breastfeeding, for example. We did an online academy uh, for breastfeeding, and it's a very practical also it's a subject matter expertise. You need to have a lot of research and uh, medical um, medical preparation before you can do that. So you see, it's a, it's a combination. And I think it depends on the time you spend developing yourself, but also helping others in this area. So look at yourself if you're not decided yet what is your area of expertise what would you love to do your entire life uh look at what triggers and fascinates you every day like oh, I, I 
I, I would love to be this person. And when you discover that, just go into doing that uh, every day, even if you have a different job, keep doing that in the evenings, during the weekends, helping friends, maybe uh, opening a side small business in doing that particular thing. And in time, through practicing and reading, and uh, when I say reading, it's you could be an app using something. I mean, going through that uh, and doing the research, not the practical side. When you just you are in your bed in the weekend and you scroll through something, it could be TikTok or maybe Instagram. But it's about this, about motivating others. It's not uh, just fashion, for, uh, because if that's and that's not your area. So being in that area all the time builds up in your brain all the necessary neural pathways that you need to become the expert. Every day, minute by minute, you acquire those 10,000 hours you need to become an expert. So that's why people say, yeah, this is how many hours you need. And uh, there's a book, Mastery, I don't remember the name, oh my God, uh, of the author that teaches you why 10,000 um, uh, hours to become an expert, what mastery actually is and um yeah you will feel it uh, because the moment i had my ten thousand hours i felt this uh, not actual hours because i did not count them but <laughs> approximately you feel this like you can navigate a boat on a you know in the sea no matter what weather comes your way you are maybe along or with a team on a boat you are not scared because no matter what comes up, you know that you will handle that because you have all the resources or you'll find the resources. There's this feeling of, I can handle whatever comes in. So that's where, when you feel like a master, uh, no matter what, you can even guide others, help them. The weather's good, let's enjoy, let's celebrate. The weather's not so good, we are uh, scared and maybe we can, you know, uh, be in a, some dangerous situations, no matter what, we'll handle it. So yeah, go go into having and tasting that feeling. It's mm -hmm. exciting. That's subject matter expertise. Wow. Very, very, very interesting. Um, tell us what are the steps for then ensuring that your efforts, for example, of building an online course will be well received. So how do you research and plan for creating a process of uh, designing, for example, a course? Well, we look at we look at the um, both the brilliance of the author or expert, because what we also do since seven eight years ago, uh, not also not only building learning programs for the corporate world, but also we move out of the corporate world and we uh, created the book to courses brand, which does that, taking either the author or the expert, somebody who's an expert but has no book yet <laughs> and we take the brilliance out of these people and transform that into the airport you remember the airport metaphor into tools that people actually could use it could be an app an online program an online campus with lots of um, resources and this one year path the group the accountability partners everything is in there to help you transform so before we build all of that, we look at the brilliance of the author, but also we look uh, outside in, in the market and we uh, research if those skills, competences are needed, like people are looking for them. 
they want those transformations. And you can do that through searching through LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever groups, uh, because people gather together to solve problems or to, to learn. You look uh, how many books people sell in that area. There are many ways to research that, how, how um, well received are those books or other resources in those particular areas. So we research this and then we do smaller bits of the product. We launch that. We see how people react because it's also learning is not only about the product. It's also about the master. If I do not like the master, there is no resonance in between us. I will never probably learn from somebody I am not fascinated about. And you can be fascinated in different ways. If you remember, there was this um series about the doctor he was not very nice maybe you know the name dr house do you know he was not very nice he was not a very nice guy right but people wanted to learn from him because uh you can the brain and the human uh humans can build trust not only through because people are beautiful people are um i don't know brilliant or people are kind. Sometimes we are fascinated by people who are so brilliant and we want to be brilliant like them. We do not care how kind they are to us, you see? So we, we knowing all of that about the human brain, when we test the product, we look into what will uh, be successful for this particular expert. How should we proceed? And after we test this only, we build a, bit, uh, we build a bigger pro- product. I will. I want to uh, ask you, Olympia, to give me a few more minutes of your time to talk a little bit about your career path. And with that, we're gonna go towards the end of the of the interview. But I'm very curious to know if there is a difference in how you perceive your career path after starting your business, which was, as I understood, around seven years ago. Yeah. Well, now looking back, uh, I'm not talking in terms of career anymore. Uh, so I don't know why. Uh, maybe because I am out, uh, like being in this, having the team and our team is entirely remotely, not because of the pandemic, that's the business model I've decided to work with uh, many years back. Uh, so everyone working from whatever corner of the world they want to, usually this is very artistic, graphic designers on the motorcycles. I did not care. Uh, we would join together online Uh, uh, do project management online using specialized tools and we didn't think in terms of career this word does not pop up it's it's our path like you know life path what we are going to do so maybe it's sometimes it's good to think about this removing the world the word a bit not because you don't want to be successful just to put it aside and turn and think about yourself in terms of who you are and the life you're living every on an everyday basis and then on an yearly basis and in chunks of seven or 10, depending on you know, whether you are spiritual or uh, very business-like. What's going on? What do you want for yourself, Alexandra, or any one of you in, let's say seven, I, I like this specific, the, the brain likes this very specific numbers. So in seven years from now, where do you see yourself? And if you think only about your, uh, um, I want to say the, the business side of it, like your job, your uh, thing you're doing when you go wake up and you dress and you go to a place, um, it's not specific enough and it's not who you are entirely, right? So you need to think 
what am I going to eat? When I open my fridge in seven years from now, what kind of food do I have there? And I say, ah, oh, this crappy little, now I have this healthy food. It, and then you realize what kind of life you want to have so that in seven years, when you open your fridge, you have this kind of food in there. Same with your yeah. clothes, same with your garage. What kind of car do you want in seven years? And then when you have this and you are happy with the feeling in your body, you know what kind of work you want to do or, or open the office door. What's the office? Uh, how the office looks like? Mm. Is it You're yours? Talking about, are uh, you an employee? You know, We're talking and, about visualization and kind of visualizing where your life will take you and how it would look in with specific details for you to also give your brain the opportunity to know that this is what they should aim, like it should aim for the, the body and the, the, yeah, the, the so, soul should aim so this for. is so this is career for me because this is how i started the the company uh mm-hmm. the uh, the consultant i was working at the time uh this was also my life partner because he was consulting in this area he asked me this question um at the beginning of my journey like imagine you in 20 years from now what kind of business do you have are you a ceo with 200 uh, learning designers and other people in a building like this and you described it nicely with people who clean the offices and and you go as a ceo to this office or do you want this and this and i chose the second one and i am on the second path still there were some moments when I was thinking, maybe I should open this hub with higher people. And, and then, no, but I do not want to do the job of a CEO. I want to be the creative learning designer who's leading other creative designers in this creative projects. And I want to work from home, travel, raise my kid and do this. Mm-hmm. And it is not is an easy decision to make because both paths are very attractive. Yeah. And I want to wrap up our our interview by asking you if you have one piece of advice that was really a stepping stone or a key moment for you in your development, no matter if it was life development or career development, however you want to you wanna look at it. Well, I think uh, two things uh, are the best, I think, are best advice for um, where for me and maybe there for you is one, know yourself. Once you stay enough, you go through whatever you need to go. Uh, um, Spiritual discovery, business discovery, uh, trainings, books, uh, everything you can read or do to help learn about yourself, tests, uh, like Jordan Peterson offers this uh, self-authoring tool, which is like an app. And you go there and you look back at your entire life and you journal to to do uh, your self-therapy. And then you look uh, forward and you write down. It's like an entire book. I wrote 15,000 words on this app. Uh, maybe you know Jordan Peterson. He writes beautifully on uh, um like in psychology field, but it was a very good exercise. And he had, I did that in my 40s because I'm now in my 40s, but he does that with his students in Canada. 
And I believe, wow, if if I could, uh, I was like thinking, if I could have done this like in my 20s, not in my 40s, but it's never too late. So first thing, know yourself and uh, use whatever tools you can find online or uh, your maybe mentors give you. And the second one I already mentioned, expose yourself to new experiences so that you have the chance to know what's your brilliance, what are your gifts, what are your talents, because Knowing the human body, we know that 50% is genetic gifts and 50% is nurtured. So if you, Alexander, or if you, any one of you listening now, you were born to uh, change the world in a very artistic way, even if it's a business, but an artistic business. But maybe your parents, your teachers influenced you to become a doctor. You're not using the 50% gifted to you by your DNA. And uh, this is why I'm also consulting in the education field where I am totally passionate into changing the the way we do education so that children have the chance through all the experiences they go through to find out what's their 50% gifts they get uh, genetically from their ancestors. And then how do we nurture that plus other skills, a bit of math, a bit of history, and et cetera, so that they become uh, where they were meant to be. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's easier. So that's why sometimes we have around like this perfect, brilliant gymnast or, you know, and in many, many cases, this is because somebody very early on, because you can discover that from eight years old up, uh, discovered their natural 50% gifts. So expose yourself. If your if your parents didn't do that, education, universities did not go, give you the chance. Maybe the corporate world now gives you the chance to go through different courses and mm-hmm. trainings. Yes. Even if it's not your field, say yes. Go there and see how you feel about it, how enthusiastic and fascinated you are about it, and ask yourself why. Why, mm-hmm. why this bit? Why only this module? Maybe you'll be fascinated just by your master, how the master yeah. was dressed, how the master uh, smells, hmm. uh, and then re- and then go deeper and research that. So these are these were two uh, things that I've learned from uh, some of my mentors and uh, are are still that's, very useful. That's very interesting and also very uh, genuine because obviously it's based on your experience and you had a lot of um, you had time to reflect and because you've mentioned knowing yourself as the first piece of advice is. Um, something that takes time (laughs) so it's not immediate right so obviously when you say that and some people are like well I think I know myself pretty well there's always another layer to unfold and figure out more about yourself so definitely this is a a journey and uh, I'm super super happy that we got to talk because I think everyone should go and and check uh, Olympia's website that we have in the podcast subscription uh, podcast description and really figure out more about what you are doing every day because it's really inspiring uh we met on linkedin and this is how we connected and i feel like people should go and and follow your journey because it's super interesting i want to go now to the final five fire questions so these are five questions for olympia that she will answer um well shortly and uh, giving everybody the opportunity to go and check uh, more information about it what is one book that you think everyone should read 
Well, I think there is uh, usually when people answer this question, I'll give you an answer that will be useful, I promise, but I won't give you a name of the book. Uh, it's because when we say the name of the book, it's about the person advising and telling. It's If I say you the book, it's about me. Definitely. So, uh, and your those who are listening to us, uh, they're not interested in me. They should be interested in themselves. So the question is, if you go now into a library and you open, you know, the shell and you open the door, you go look at the shelves. What's the number one book that triggers your attention? And if you have no idea why, then this is a very good day to spend on thinking mm-hmm. why. That's a very no. good exercise. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Okay, let's go to the next question. Um, the best piece of, of advice you have ever received? Well, is this I already mentioned? Expose yourself to new books, new people. Even if at the beginning is like, uh, it might be just your brain uh, being, you know, reluctant to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, go there not I, I do not mean adrenaline and very uh, dangerous things I mean on a daily basis like people invite you somewhere and first you say no be open-minded enough to try and then assertive enough to say no once you tried and you want to leave mm-hmm. party mm-hmm. or relationships or whatever just be assertive enough to say I wanted to try I want I wanted to see how it's going to work I think it's not working for me And thank you for the experience. I'm grateful I had the chance to learn this about you and about myself, but I'm leaving now. Mm -hmm. You see? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Who is your role model? Well, different, same as with the books. So uh, for a few months, I've been following um, Barack Obama online. I I had no idea why I liked to do that, why I enjoyed scrolling his Instagram. And then as with the book, I stopped and said, why am I doing this? Why, what am I admiring in this person Mm -hmm. and the way the Instagram posts are written that triggers my attention? Because if you discover that, you discover something about yourself because everybody you're following or uh, admiring are cocon, you know, the butterfly first stays Mm -hmm. in the cocon. So those are nascent things within yourself. You just need to pay attention to them. So whom are you admiring, Alexander? If you look at this lady, it's not her entire, maybe it's Oprah, or I don't know, somebody who does well podcasting. It's not the entire person. There are nascent small things within that person that are already within you. You just need to discover them and then see how you can build that on. And then uh, you will not follow that person probably. I will not be fascinated anymore. You'll find, <laughs> you'll find another one. <laughs> Well, let's see then. I'm going to definitely do this exercise. I really like all the introspections that you are inviting us to because this is really key to knowing yourself like you've mentioned earlier. So super happy that you're sharing uh, all of this. What would you choose to do if you were to have another career? I'll probably be a healer. I found out that some of my ancestors were healers and it's pretty much the same as learning design. You help people discover the level change. It's just a bit more romantic yes (laughs) and the last question is if you could change places with someone who would it be and why well I don't know maybe uh back in uh, I'm not uh, I'm not uh, so in love with anyone in the world uh that I'm in love with myself but um it's 
I don't want anybody else's place. Um, maybe I dream sometimes of a place like I go to Scotland to work for 10, uh, one week, 10 days of my life every spring. Uh, it's because I love the environment. It's I do not like hot weather, you know, and I go there. So, but these are just, again, signs of what you want to bring in into your life. Mm, definitely. I'm happy you've, you've mentioned that because there are two types of uh, guests that I've had. Those who really want to change places with someone for a day to see how life would be as Michelle Obama. And those who say, I wouldn't change anything and I wouldn't want to change places with anyone. I like very much what, what's going on now in my life and who I am. And I feel that it's two very good reflections on... Yep on how people can can look at this question is either about curiosity and being like, I don't know if I had the chance, maybe I'll switch places for one day. And for the others, it's, it's really about, you know, there's nothing that necessarily draws me to uh, someone else's life. Um, so that's really, you nice can do that anyway. Around. You can do that anyway. So you don't have to, because if you only do the exercise, it's very funny, but uh, go deeper than that. You know, I'm about going deeper. Uh, by now, probably you've learned that. So I do, for example, watch, uh, sometimes binge watch a series, historical dramas. Mm -hmm. But it takes a lot of time for me to finish an historical drama series because I stop for 20 to 45 minutes to research the actual facts of that particular queen or how they actually lived and this, uh, how much is fiction, how much is life, who was the real lover, who was the real husband. And uh, through these exercises, we do move in some other people's shoes. Mm -hmm. uh, very, very often. And this is a very beautiful exercise indeed. Thank you so much, Olympia. It was really a pleasure to, to converse with you, to discuss with you, to get to know you better and also your expertise. I'm sure everyone in this uh, listening to this podcast thought that this episode was very, very enlightening and it invited all of us to go deeper and uh, question some of our um some of the things that we are drawn towards. And I invite everyone to let us know uh, on our social channels if they really did that and, and what was the result, because I'm sure both of us are curious to know uh, how, how people progress in this, in this journey. And thank you, thank you, Alexandra. As I said, when we met, why I accepted your invitation is because I think those people who are doing this podcasting as you do, uh, they invite us, they give us a chance and they invite us into being fascinated. They give us fascination vitamins on a daily or weekly or monthly basis. So you one of those masters who are doing that. Thank uh, you. Maybe, uh, yes. <laughs> uh, and uh, I hope you can do that for more time. And when the time comes, move to the next level, do some, I don't know, opera things. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. That's on the that's on the vision board. So thank you. <laughs> thank, thank you so you. much, Olympia. It was a pleasure to, to meet you and to converse with you. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And stay tuned for more updates with inspiring role models. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Fem Lead Podcast. Share the news with your friends and follow us on social media at Fem Lead Podcast everywhere.